Grace to you and peace from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Once upon a time, these people did these things, and then they all lived happily ever after. The end. It doesn't tell anyone the story, does it? There needs to be more detail than just that. Like, who were the characters? What did they do? What was the plot? Right? We want to know more. We can't be just that for the whole story. Well, welcome to the Gospel of Mark. Every year, on the first Sunday of Lent, we hear the story of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. But the Gospel of Mark doesn't say a whole lot about it. Here's what it says. And the Spirit immediately drove him into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. That's it. Two verses. That's the entire story. Unlike in Matthew and Luke, we don't even hear what the temptations were. But you know, that's okay. Because I think this version in Mark is very much like our lives. I mean, all of us face temptation, but most of the time, you don't know the details of what tempts other people. All right, you see them every day, people you know, people you don't know, but you have no idea what temptations come there are. Maybe it's something similar to the temptations that you face, or maybe it's something completely different. And, of course, they have no idea what tempts you. Because I doubt that you go around telling people that kind of stuff. And that's okay, right? They don't need to know. Just like you don't need to know what tempts them. That's how it works in this text. We aren't told the details of the temptations Jesus faced. And yes, we hear more details about it in Matthew and Luke, but here in Mark, the text doesn't say. And that's, that's fine. All we know is that Satan was trying to distract him from doing God's will. Because that's what Satan does. But wait a minute here. Hearing that Jesus was tempted sounds kind of strange, doesn't it? I mean, yes, he was human, so he faced all the human challenges that we do. But he's also God. Is he really going to give in to temptation? Do we really think that Jesus is going to fail here? No, of course not. So then why does this seem even matter? Well, I think this is where those other two parts of the reading come in. Because right before this temptation scene, we hear about Jesus' baptism. The Holy Spirit comes upon him, and he hears the voice from heaven who says who he is. You are my son, the beloved. 
with you I am well pleased. And then, even before Jesus had even dried off, the Spirit immediately drove him into the wilderness. Well, the Greek word here for drove means more of like a, a forceful removal. So basically, the Holy Spirit is no longer the calm, peaceful dove from the baptisms. Now you can almost imagine it like a hawk. It swooped down, opened its giant talons, grabbed Jesus out of the Jordan River, and just hurled him out into the wilderness. Immediately. So that means as soon as you're baptized, it's game on. Right? There is no time to mess around. The first thing that happens after baptism is a time of wilderness and temptation. Because honestly, temptations often happen in the wilderness. Think about the Israelites wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years after they left Egypt. Jesus' 40 days are supposed to mirror that. Just like these 40 days in Lent. Well, while the Israelites are wandering in the wilderness, they're trying to figure out who they were. They knew who they were before that, right? They were slaves in Egypt. But now God has given them a new life. Now they've come through the waters of the Red Sea almost like a baptism, and now they're in the wilderness. And they don't know who they are anymore. And they're facing temptations and giving in to them. Remember the golden calf incident? That sounds like us. Think about times of wilderness in your life. These times of transition and uncertainty. You're no longer where you used to be, but you haven't yet arrived somewhere else. So during this in-between time, you might question yourself. You might get impatient. You might listen to temptation because it wants to give you easy answers. I imagine the same things going on here with Jesus. Right? Just a moment ago, he heard who he was. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. But now, in the wilderness... Right after his baptism, he's got to figure out what that identity means. When he's in the middle of nowhere with Satan whispering in his ear, how important is that divine identity going to be to him? Will it really matter in the face of temptation? When you were baptized, you were told that you are God's beloved child. You were sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. You were told your identity. 
But then you were hurled into the wilderness of daily life. And you face temptations all the time. Temptations that make you try to question who you are. You hear the enemy's voice whispering in your ear or echoing in your head. Saying that you can just go do your own thing. You can be in charge of your own life. You can go do whatever you want. It's not going to hurt anybody. Nobody else will know. It can be your little secret. Sometimes you say no to temptation. And sometimes you get in. Of course, sometimes after someone gives in to temptation, they might say, well, well, that wasn't me. Or, I, I, I just wasn't myself then. Well, that statement recognizes that this action doesn't fit with who God created them to be. This is the struggle that happens in the wilderness. The, the specific details of the temptation are almost irrelevant. And yet, even in this wilderness, even when you question your identity that was given to you in baptism, even when you're not sure how to handle all these temptations, there are angels who help you. In this text, we hear that the angels waited on Jesus. They served him. They ministered to him. Now, of course, remember that in the Bible, angels aren't these little precious moments figures. And they also aren't guardian angels. As if each of us has some divine secret service agent following us around wherever we go. Now, in the Bible, angels are simply messengers from God. That's it. And when angels serve you, they remind you of what God has said. They remind you of your identity in God. They remind you of God's love for you. That's what they did for Jesus, too. Right? That's part of the reason why we continue to worship together week after week. Because we all need to be reminded who we are and what we're about. Even though all the other voices around us try to tell us otherwise. So then what did Jesus do after these angels helped him? He proclaimed the good news to others. Remember, earlier in this same chapter, Jesus went out to John the Baptist, who was out in the wilderness, and who was calling people to change their ways. So basically, John was calling them not to give in to temptation. He was calling them to listen to God. He was calling them to repent. And now Jesus is basically echoing John's words. He is sharing words that 
maybe he himself needed to hear. Words of change and comfort and promise. So yes, in Mark, we don't know the specifics of Jesus' temptations, and that's okay. But there are some things that we do know. First, even when you don't tell others what tempts you, God still knows. And God knows how you struggle and how you sometimes give in. But God also still knows who you really are. God loves you. And there is no temptation that can change that. Second, we know that this life of baptism is going to be hard. We will face challenges in the wilderness. We will struggle. We might question our God-given identity and give in to temptation. But Jesus goes with us. Jesus goes with you. Jesus knows those struggles you face. And even when you're not stronger than the devil, Jesus still is. Even when you fail, Jesus is still victorious. And the third thing we know is that when we're facing temptations, we have Plenty of angels to remind us of God's love. And we can be angels for others too. We can remind them that God loves them because we know how much God loves us. So we don't need to know all the details about somebody else's story. They don't need to know all the details about yours either. Instead, what we know is that Jesus is victorious. Jesus knows what it's like to be human. But even when we are weak, he still defeats Satan. We know that. And that's good news. So in the name of this one who is stronger than any temptation, Jesus Christ our Lord.